0: hey everybody welcome to another episode of toast and roast i'm your co-host georgie and i'm here with jeff how are you jeff
1: yeah doing good um i literally was telling my team yesterday that i wanted to just shave my head bald because god i really want a haircut (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> so i get uh, when was the last time you got a haircut i assume just uh, it was a long time before it was that, actually or?
1: quite a long time um i got a haircut as soon as pandemic one kind of died down and then um the i pandemic, sort of Jeff. yeah okay one. uh lockdowns <laughs> one <laughs> kind of died down and then i think it was april It was probably April the last time I got a haircut, just before I went to the Gold Coast. So it's been three months, I guess, since I got a haircut. And when you go from having a haircut once a month to not having a haircut after three months, it gets kind of annoying.
0: Yeah. Your head would be cold.
1: How often do you get a haircut?
0: (laughs) Um, I actually get one every six months-ish these days. I used to, when I kept my hair long, I probably cut it every... Couple of years, and then when I kept it short, I probably cut it every three months. But yeah, uh, in the past couple of years, uh, I've been doing it every like six months. And I last got my hair cut in May, but I am feeling like when this lockdown ends, I'll probably want to get it trimmed a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I've had the feeling of wanting to just like keep it really short because it's really long now. So not quite going bold,
1: but... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I said, all right, team, everybody, are we going to go bold? <laughs> the girls were so silent. <laughs> and um, yeah. I used to have a haircut every six months um, at one point. And then I got to know some of the guys who get haircuts every month, or every, like, two weeks. They were just in and out with haircuts. And I was like... I sat down and I talked to one of them. I was like, so why do you get your haircut so so often and, and they just got accustomed to like a certain style and they wanted to maintain that style so I thought that's a really good point and so I tried it out I tried it out one well, every month and it, it did it did make my um, like I didn't really want to keep a certain style but it was really comfortable keeping keeping like a really nice short um, kind of haircut so I got used to that short hair and and now it's just growing all over the place, so yeah
0: yeah, I tend to when I keep a hairstyle um, I mean I tend to keep a hairstyle for for a, for a period of time, and so sometimes for me uh, as as a as a woman who generally likes that long ish hair, when I had it short, I found that I had to cut it more frequently to keep the same style, but when it's longer, I don't have to do it as often. But it's still a matter of like, oh, I'm going to give it a trim and keep it healthy and all this stuff. And it's going to look the same pretty much. So yeah. it's never anything like, like a big change.
1: You also get um, drastically different prices to male haircuts. So I oh, it's so
0: sexist. But
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is. Um...
0: So, yeah, the one that I don't like is uh, if you have long hair, it costs more. And I'm like, but you're cutting it off um but i mean as as i've gotten older and kind of gone to less cheap budget haircuts and to more like specialty like hairdressers i kind of understand and appreciate that it will cost more for someone's expertise and for me to also trust the hairdresser i think that's a big thing for me i've realized is that to be comfortable uh, and to be able to trust someone with like cutting my hair
1: yeah my friend um she goes to Tony and Guy and she oh, yeah. says it's fifty percent the experience and fifty percent the haircut because they like chat with you. I I hate talking to my hairdressers, <laughs> so it's really strange. She she became friends with her hairdresser, and it's the consistency, and she gets a glass of wine or something like that. Um, yeah. So I was like, okay, you're paying I don't know how much Tony and Guy haircuts cost uh for experience i think
0: they're around like then maybe the 90 i think like 90 100 dollar-ish range yeah
1: it's it's basically yeah. too many I get, steaks. I get a
0: drink at mine as well <laughs>
1: costs too many steaks for your haircut <laughs> you get a drink at yours
0: yeah but i don't go for an alcoholic drink i'm usually like yeah please give me the the tea that you have or the, the you know the coffee that you have or,
1: have you yeah, discovered some um, like nice teas out of going to haircuts
0: no i just do that on my own dude (laughs) i'm already like a i'm already a tea snob that i don't need to get a hairdresser
1: to you you should bring your own tea to the hairdresser can you steep this mine's better than
0: yours
1: (laughs) my uncle does that he goes to chinese restaurants and brings his own tea and gets them to make his tea yeah Yeah. i feel like they're skimming his tea (laughs) <laughs> but like, ooh, this guy gave us, like, some tea leaves and just take some off the top and then, like, steep the rest. Yeah. But... They probably do that. <sighs> I don't want to think ill of the of the Chinese restaurateurs, but, yeah. <laughs> when you're in the middle of, uh, like, uh, Southeast Asia, you, anything goes. Anything for a quick buck over yep. there. Don't want to generalise a whole yeah. damn, like, <laughs> sector <terms> of the, <laughs> the Asian culture. <laughs> but you know what I'm nah, talking I totally about if you're listening to this I
0: totally get it yeah and you can just ask
1: AJ you know what I'm talking about anyways you were yeah. you were like so livid about you're yeah. pretty angry about something today go for it
0: I okay so so I was looking for so I'm we, we've talked about like trying to make better choices about clothes and like you know sustainability and uh, being being nicer in the environment through what we purchase or even what we don't purchase, and so I was looking for some locally, ethically, sustainably made underwear brands in like based in Sydney or Australia or whatever. I come across this one which I'm I'm not gonna name, but um. I just thought thought it was, I thought it was flat out hilarious that, uh, you know, it took a while to load. I reckon they must have, they've got some videos, they've got a lot of images, as you can imagine, being an e-commerce website. And I was kind of scrolling a little bit, go to the bottom of the page. Um, I reached the bottom of the page where they have the, um, mailing list, uh, incentive. (laughs) It's often an incentive and it goes, I'll I'll read it word for word. It says, sign up and receive 10% off your first order. And then under it in like slightly less emphasized text, it goes, don't worry, we're minimalists. I was like, what the fuck?
1: Yeah, I feel like- (laughs) Hang on a minute. I feel like someone can take that so many different ways, right?
0: Yeah, how do you take it, Jeff? What does that mean?
1: (laughs) I assume they are talking about um, not sending you a lot of emails. Like they're minimal in their email sending. But- um, if you dive deeper into, you know, definitions of minimalism, <laughs> you could say that it's, like, they're intentional with their email, email emailing you, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I guess, like, it, it kind of comes off as a bit awkward um, because they are giving you 10% off another purchase, which is not a very minimalist uh, angle. And that's my take on that.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah I mean I, I think the thing that I just found funny was that it sounds like as a uh, as an ethical sustainable brand it's like another boast factor going not only are we ethical and sustainable and all of this stuff but we're minimal
1: <laughs> you think they're trying too hard to be woke even though they're already yeah, exactly, min- they're already right? like <laughs> ethical enough <laughs> like telling us with their minimalism yeah. is extra yeah
0: the- they just yeah it's just like the same we're, we're super woke by the way and i don't know like as a minimalist myself i don't go around flaunting the fact that i'm a minimalist i i don't know about you but like i, I feel like you probably agree with me on that one
1: yeah yeah i don't go around with a badge on on myself saying like i'm a minimalist but name tag <laughs> yeah jeff <laughs> jeff minimalist, minimalist. <laughs> I mean, it's on my Twitter actually, profile. You... It's on my Twitter profile, so maybe I do... It's on my
0: Twitter profile,
1: too. <laughs> maybe we do wear it as a badge, But, um, but yeah, if someone's but talking don't... about but something. The fact
0: that you're wearing the badge, though. The fact that you're wearing the badge. Why would you wear a badge? Minimalists don't wear a badge.
1: That's really true. To be honest, it like, is it part of my identity? Has, has it become so, like, identifying of me that I felt the need to... Um out that I'm a minimalist um yeah I mean pe- people people use their jobs as identities why not <laughs> use minimalism yeah. as an identity I, mean, I
0: don't love using I don't love using jobs as identities but but yeah back to this like how you mentioned that there is like a doesn't yeah there's an incentive for you to basically buy a thing because they're giving you a discount the way I was also looking at it is that they're encouraging me to sign up for their mailing list. And as a minimalist, I just, I have unsubscribed from a lot of ah, mailing you lists. You make because such I don't a good point.
1: Be, yes. I,
0: I don't want to be targeted, but I'm like, you know, buy this, buy that. You know, I want to buy things of my own accord with it, with intention. And so for me to sign up regardless of how little email they send, is, is me you know opting into and subscribing to receiving more shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, like, yeah.
1: You're so <laughs> right. It's so anti-minimalist, uh, I mean, for us to sign up to newsletters um, that actively try and entice you to purchase things outside of the intention cycle. Whoa. That's deep. Yeah. So do. <laughs> yeah, and and I mean like that also co- like goes back to talking about. I don't think we've actually talked about this yet, but social media stuff, right? If you watch the uh, the social dilemma or whatever. On Netflix, they talk a lot about. Oh yeah, how... I haven't watched that yet. <laughs> oh, you haven't? Yeah, uh, give it no. give it a watch. I think it's a good perspective. It it also kind of like. Um, it's kind of like a minimalism thing, I suppose. <laughs> um, but I'm going to try really hard to tie it here. Um, but basically, they talk about how the idea behind social media now is to change one's behavior, is to essentially, all those ads and stuff is about enticing you to make con- like consumerist purchases rather than intentional purchases. Um, and they do a really good deep dive into... Um, into the fact that social media you should really treat it as a tool uh rather than let social media control you because um and it's not about the data that they're collecting from you that's important it's about the platform being able to change your behavior and that that should really kind of um put it put the social medias in a different perspective like i always treated social media as a tool i I didn't feel like I was being manipulated and I knew that the stuff is being, is manipulating, um, behavior. But it's kind of one thing to know about it and it's another thing to resist it. And I, and I find it (laughs) like slightly, uh, interesting and also quite sad because a lot of people are probably buying a lot of stuff. I also get a common criticism from coworkers that I buy a lot of stuff off Instagram ads. <laughs> so <laughs> well, like I'm not even not yeah. even I'm impervious to to the Instagram ads.
0: Mm, but um yeah, I've, I I ha- I have to admit that um I've also been uh, targeted by Instagram ads which some of which I have found not very useful and that I guess I feel like I've also used it as a tool most of the time um, uh, to kind of, you know, find inspiration for things. But it's all, it's always about the control, I think. If you mm. have a good amount of control of what you follow, what you consume, um, then you probably are less likely to feel to, like you're being manipulated. Um, but I know – I guess there are a lot of people who don't realise that um, because I guess maybe they're just in too deep. They've been – following a bunch of you know different things that where it instills like jealousy or it's like i want that or you know they start comparing themselves the comparison thing is a pretty bad one because people start comparing themselves to others who have more than them or are more than or they feel that they're just worthless compared (laughs) to especially that whole influencer thing
1: yeah yeah the influencer thing Uh, i've just been thinking about it lately and um my basic take so far is that i don't think influencers actually you know provide much to society let's be real the like i'm not saying that influencing is easy by any means and it's a perfectly legitimate business model in this day and age mm-hmm. but if you have a look at um uh things that you do to earn money um the money to Pro- product, use no, product well, place? not product place. Uh, it's the it's the money to productivity ratio. I guess it's kind of like when you when you get money for producing something, that product goes out into the world and um, benefits, somebody. benefits somebody. Benefits mm, somebody.
0: You're a farmer. Yes. You get
1: paid. You produce a tomato, and then the tomato goes out, and someone buys a tomato, and someone has a tomato. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. even us in software, you, like, it's a little bit, it's a little bit shaky, but, um, like, you build something that actually helps somebody else, um, achieve a goal that gets their money, right? The whole cycle. Um, but when you come to influencing, what is it exactly producing that then, that then kind of like enriches someone's life?
0: um yeah it doesn't directly do that it feels like it's it feels like it's a bunch of ads and and marketing
1: yeah it's Uh, it's uh depending
0: on the kind of content I think as well like some some influencers go on to create a course based on like some of their own skills or some of their own knowledge and they they kind of enrich people's lives that way so I know a couple of youtubers who've made like a 'Cause I like follow a lot of style and fashion things. They made like a course to find your personal style or something. Which which would help somebody. But that's like, you know, branching off the typical social media. Because uh, okay. they're doing something
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Something else. Something that is deliberately more enriching. Without that they would just be creating content. Like yeah.
1: Yeah, I yeah, I guess there's like so many different avenues for content creation and um and Society itself has become such heavy consumers of, of content, um, but yeah, I guess there, there's some angles that you can take when when you've garnered a whole bunch of people looking at you. Like then then what, right? Um, mm. But yeah, I guess uh, the, the they... other spectrum is that they've garnered a whole bunch of people and they're now um, trying to get their followers to buy into Bitcoin. Or, or like a like a cryptocurrency, <laughs> and they're pumping and dumping. So there's like <laughs> there's some <laughs> such a big spectrum. Um,
0: yeah, I think that it's it's a it's some a problem because I mean you've probably seen some influencers say like straight up this is an ad, um, just so you know that it's an ad and they've been sponsored. And I guess they're trying to make a t- make a living, uh, make money of what they're doing. Uh, as yeah. authentic as they may be and this takes me back to when I first started my blog which was like yeah in 2003 or something and it started getting pop- popular in like 2008 or something like that and I, I tried to I mean I never really tried to make money off it uh, and because I just blogged for my own personal reasons like I enjoyed writing and I enjoyed sharing my voice with the world. And people would always ask me, like, why don't you monetize it? Your blog is so popular and things like that. And it's not so much that I had a fear of me losing that authenticity, but I just didn't feel like it felt right, like, to mm. to just, you know, make it into a money-making machine when it was something that uh, it was just really, like, important and personal and special to me. Um, I Full disclosure, though, I do, like – Uh, have some like paid links or advertisements in some of my blog posts Uh, but I put that in my terms and conditions and I don't tend to link to stuff that I don't like personally like advocate or believe in so yeah yeah, but I think people make money full-time off like social media and blogging and I don't know it you can usually tell that there is some aspect of it that is just not as genuine as maybe some of the the more authentic things that people, those people post as well. Like you can, you can tell the difference between some of their content sometimes.
1: Yeah, it's a pretty hard landscape, I guess, when it comes to um, you scrolling through Instagram and it like recommending some uh, some influencers. But yeah, from from my perspective, it's it's all a bunch of garbage, <laughs> like <laughs> just scrolling it's a noise, picture. It's a noise. Yeah, scrolling picture after picture of someone trying on outfits, and um, I'm sure people like seeing um, like what outfits look like on uh, on certain people, and then they might feel the they might feel influenced to go purchase that thing. Um, but that kind of like le- that kind of level of influencing um, seems like Like, uh, like getting a notification or being manipulated into, into purchasing things or wanting to purchase things all the time, which, um, which as we know, it's not a very minimalist approach to, to, uh, Mm. to life. So when I see that kind of stuff, it does, it does get on, it gets on my radar because it's not the, it's not a very minimalist way to live. Um, and similar to how I turn off all notifications for all social media. It's, it's not something I ever want, like, the I don't ever want social media to reach out to me. Like, it's there for me to mm. use, not for, for them to to kind of try and manipulate my time. Um, having said yeah, that, I'm scrolling, scrolling, you know, the TikToks <laughs> and the Reels and crap like that. Okay, wow.
0: I, I've fallen into that trap, but I, I also have all my notifications off. Like, the only ones I have on are, like, for uh like messages, phone calls, and then for like certain important conversations in Slack. And mostly that's like like not really on while I'm not working. Um but yeah it well like I, I don't understand how people can like I because I've never really been in a situation where I see people try on outfits and I feel like I want that thing. Mm. And this might be me saying this as a short not white, Asian,
1: uh woman. Because you and, realize that you know, with, your body type is nowhere near
0: Yeah. So yeah, I, I the people I see modeling this stuff, I have kind of conditioned myself to not really look at the person who is modelling the clothes. And this is the same when I'm shopping online as well. I've conditioned myself to simply look at the clothes and go, is that gonna look like good on me? Is that is that something I like to wear? And the same with the way that they style those things, because, you know, they they're, they're all posing in the photos and like, oh, I oh got I've got to tell you something. So the one I've seen is, usually they say the model is wearing a certain size, mm. but then I've seen photos where they obviously haven't edited the photos properly, and like the woman's got a dress on, and she's you know as as models go, like they're usually pretty pretty skinny. Um, and not really. There's no. There's no. This. We're still working on like inclusivity and having diversity in in models, right? Yeah. But what I've seen is they've got the the dress and it's too big for the model, and they've gotten those bulldog clips and they've oh, clipped yeah. the back of the dress mm-hmm. because it's too big for the model. And I've seen instances where they've forgotten to edit that out. And I'm looking at it going, yeah, it's like, you you know, before you realize, you're like, it fits her perfectly. And you get an idea of the shape of the dress or whatever. And then you go, what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> you see the, and that and you're just like, this is a scam. This is a fucking, no, nah, it's not even a, it's not even a fail. It just feels like a big scam because you're yeah. being made to believe how this dress fits on someone and how it's going to look. And I think I feel bad for women. I mean, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure this probably happens to some men as well, but. Yeah. Um, it's probably worse for women but I feel so bad for women who who haven't yet kind of conditioned themselves to realize that what they're seeing in the pictures is is well, not a fake but it's it's obviously rehearsed it's practiced it's not going to be quite like the real thing
1: yeah and I guess like generally um, when let's say someone who hasn't conditioned themselves like that looks at all of these, um models and and i guess at a younger age they would basically say well in order for me to look uh, good in those clothes i have to actually look like that model which is um yeah which is kind of unfortunate sad and deeper
0: like a deeper issue as well
1: and social media obviously like times 100 times 1000 that that um that feeling of not just clothing, everything, right? Everyone's got this highlight reel on their Instagram of their beautiful, wonderful life. And you're all, everyone's just sitting there looking at all these beautiful, wonderful lives and thinking that their, their life should be exactly like that or would want their life to be like that, which is, yeah, unfortunate. that,
0: <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, Instagram hasn't always been like that. And I think that's what makes it most sad. Yeah. Like, Instagram hasn't always been like, here's my every highlight of my life. It's all perfect and stuff. Like I first joined Instagram in, I think it was 2012. Back when people didn't really write those, funnily enough. I do this too. But people didn't write those um, long form mm-hmm. captions. They just posted the picture and that was it.
1: Yeah, because it used um, to be a photography my... platform, people. It used to be a photography <laughs> platform.
0: Photography. But, but you chuck the filter on it and stuff. Yeah. But then it kind of evolved to, like, like, and I've done, I'm very guilty of having deleted some photos, but I deleted some photos that that were actually not part of, they were not what I consider, like, the highlight reel of my life because they were just photos of food I'd eaten or yep. low quality just photos, trash like selfies photos. <laughs> and all that kind of thing. Yeah, but the thing, the funny thing is, um, what I originally—and I don't know about you—but what I originally followed other people for on Instagram was precisely that I wanted to see their lives, and I wanted to see them just selfies with their dogs. I wanted to see them take photos of the plants in their garden, that kind of thing. And I really like—you so actually how wanted my friend a, Chris you wanted a blog. This. He's a <laughs> my friend Chris put it put it as like um it's like looking at your friend's photo albums and I was like, I think he meant it as a joke initially, but like that's precisely what I want to see on Instagram, not this like refined marketed <laughs> shit and you know, all these ads and like look at my outfits and things like that. Like I love I love Instagram for when I see like people who are close to me or friends who I know just post you know selfies of themselves or with their dogs or just something that's going on in their house, like they're renovating or whatever. And that's that's what I like enjoy a, about it. <laughs> so you so like that it's a blog. Yeah,
1: you like that people are blogging on um, Instagram now because before it used to just be a bunch of stills with maybe some random ass caption.
0: But it used to be like that as well. Like it's kind of like it's gone in like a sine wave, I guess you could say. Okay. Like it was like that to some extent. I don't know. When did you join? It sounds like 2012.
1: I don't know what I'm about. 2012. I oh, didn't, so same. didn't follow people. That that was probably the key here. I just posted photos. Yeah. Like I'm I'm scrolling through mine now, and right at the bottom, the very first photo I have is like a cup of uh, mocha, a fancy hot chocolate. I think it was cocoa black. Yeah, cocoa black chocolate, hot chocolate. And then, like very closely after, is this um, is this uh, glass? You know the glass bottles that you get with I don't know. I guess tomato tomato sauce. Like you get tomato sauce. Um, (laughs) My mom had left this bottle in the back of the fridge too long, and it grew grew some mold. So I took a photo of the mold. It looks kind of like fuzzy rolling hills. (laughs) (laughs) yeah <laughs> so this is kind of shit I used to post until um, so that that's very you know very in life kind of st- stuff and then I got a little bit more serious with uh, with the photos and stopped posting um, too many personal stuff removed my personal personality out of the or personal life out of photos rather.
0: Um yeah I kind of yeah. see that pattern in in your feed, so in mine, I think the first photo is um if I remember correctly, I think the first photo is actually a photo of my friend Seb who I went to uni with. I think he might be listening to this podcast. Hello, Seb <laughs> <laughs> so
1: <laughs> i
0: I took a photo of him like he was looking over at like a balcony or something at uni, and I just took a photo from behind. I was like, don't move, I want to take a photo of this. Um, and then I think some early photos was like, there was one of my friend at work holding some balloons. Um, I think there might, I don't know if I deleted them, probably a couple of photos of me and my ex, um couple of yeah those photos with friends and that kind of thing and then i i don't remember when but at some point i just started only posting things that were like landscapes and then i started now it's like very much there are a lot of photos of me now that nick has taken and that's it's all my like out nice outfits and things that i you know want to want to show off in terms of my wardrobe and then it's often uh, accompanied by this long form super deep nostalgic ish caption that's that's my style these
1: days all right I scrolled to the very bottom of your Instagram
0: did is there the one with I got my, my na- I got my nails that's still there
1: um yeah go ahead okay.
0: like, <laughs> why, is why is um, yeah just like content one if anyone doesn't really like talking about nosebleeds um I, there was a period of time like maybe in my early 20s where I was just really prone to nosebleeds. um and it was usually triggered by going from a really cold place like outside to a really warm place like indoors where the heater was on um so like sudden changes in temperature would like trigger that and uh, i found it actually quite amusing there was one time i was it was in the middle of winter and i was going to a job interview and um my parents drove me to the station in the uh, in the car and i sat in the back and just (laughs) because it was cold outside um And then I'd gone inside the car where it was really warm. My nose just started, like, bleeding. Um, I think the the funniest instance where my nose was bleeding, or it was also very inconvenient, was I was in Japan. And I don't know, Jeff, if you know, there's that, like, I don't know if it's a real thing or a meme or something about in anime when your nose is bleeding you're like sexually aroused yeah okay so i was a bit conscious as (laughs) if i wouldn't know this (laughs) yeah you're you're a big japan fan um so anyway i was in japan it was like december so it was very cold and uh, i got on the train and just my nose just and and my nose feels dry when this happens like it gets really dry and then i'm like Oh, you know, then it feels a bit sniffly and then that's the point at which I'm like oh some blood vessels burst and my nose is going to just bleed <laughs> so oh, I was yeah shit. I was on the train and this this old woman was nice and she gave me a packet of tissues and I was like oh, she doesn't think I'm just like sexually harassed but it happened so frequently on that trip because we were frequently outside and then going into the station and my nose would just go oh. off <laughs> just like dripping blood <laughs>
1: Uh, fortunately for you, it's only associated with males, I believe. The, oh, the really? Nosebleed. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Ar- arousal meme oh, <laughs> stereotype. I thought it was um, just
0: like anybody. Um, but yeah, that's that's my <laughs> funny story. I don't know why it doesn't happen anymore, but I just found it very amusing that... And I knew what triggered the nosebleeds, so...
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I've never had a nosebleed. Re- never. Never. Never had a nosebleed. Yeah. Mm. Um, similar to something people normally have, like cold sores. I don't. I've never had a cold sore either. Mm. Um. Apparently, you only get cold sores after after being in contact with someone else who has who has cold sores.
0: Yeah, because I think it's a so form it's of like, like herpes a... or something. So it is kind of like. Uh, not, not contagious, I don't know if it's, I can't remember if it's contagious, but it's just spread by, like, being in contact with someone else.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> I found the photo of when you first met Monica. Oh, I thought you did? Oh, my God. <laughs>
0: yes. 2014. Yeah.
1: What, were you, what were you doing?
0: Okay, this is funny because we weren't actually, she wasn't supposed to be at that train station, but um, I was with my ex, and um, my ex and I would get off at the train station, and he would uh, give me a lift home because he'd park his car there, um so like if i wasn't like if i was just going home on my own without my ex i wouldn't have been at this train station and um monica said oh context by the way monica is Monica's a friend of mine who <laughs> i met online uh when i believe she was she was 10 and i was like 14 um we met through Ooh, we met through stuff, blogging. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we met through blogging, and I read her blog, and she was just like for a ten-year-old, like um, uh, I, I don't know if like I should cut this out or, I don't know because I don't know if it's like giving away <laughs> personal information. Anyway, just cut it appropriately. Fine. Um, so yeah, uh, Monica's parents were going through a divorce, and for someone who's ten years old and kind of like experiencing that, she was writing really maturely, and um, I just couldn't. I guess I, I didn't think much of her age because she just when i spoke when I, we talked online um i just thought she was she was yeah, dealing with it really maturely yeah yeah um yeah so yeah a couple of years later a few years later we um we were texting because we exchanged phone numbers we never talked on the phone or anything But um, we knew what each other looked like because we had our blogs to go off. Um, And this is, you know, I think this is like in the era of when, you know, creepy people online weren't quite a thing or maybe we were just in a safe circle. But anyway,
1: (laughs) um, people weren't uh, posing, uh, males weren't posing as females using AI filters. That that was probably not a thing back then. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, So, yeah.
1: Did you hear about that?
0: Uh, it sounds familiar, but there's a lot of dodgy shit around that kind
1: of that whole so, thing, anyway. Yeah. So this guy, um, he started an Instagram about his motor, him and his motorcycle. Um, it's a Japanese guy, and he had used a face, uh, Face Tune or face swapping um, app to make himself look like, I guess, an early twenties like idol female right um yeah so he he had this instagram he had a massive following and then um i'm not so sure how or what happened i think maybe the filter failed at some point
0: and he got founded (laughs) like everyone was like oh my god yeah yeah
1: there's a whole article about um motor motorcycle uh dude uh (laughs) posing as young female um and he got found out, and his he basically said, "Oh, here we go! Popular female Japanese biker turns out to be a 50-year-old mm. uh, man with face app." And um, yeah, let me send you let me send you a picture of this just to give you full context. I'll link it in the show notes. Um, but
0: oh wow, yeah, that's yeah <laughs> yeah
1: yeah. <laughs> so that's his pretty um, his face base... <laughs> it's very drastic, isn't it? Um, in any case, uh, when they interviewed him, he basically said, No one wants to see a 50 year old man with his motorcycle. Everyone just wants to see, like, these cute girls. And he had actually inspired a lot of people to go to pick up motorcycles, a lot of females yeah. to pick up motorcycles because of, of this Instagram. So it's, it's like half and half. It's like half um, of a good
0: story, like, half of a... God, that's creepy.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, oh, there's a guy posing as a female. Like, he's basically catfishing people into into a good hobby. Like...
0: <laughs> but was that his original like... intention? I think that's the important question to ask, is that yeah, was his, his intention his, his... to get people interested in motorcycling or interested in him, or what was it?
1: No, I think, um, let's have a read. It says... A uh, beautiful biker documenting her life in Japan. Uh, oh, so, so he
0: wanted to maybe get popularity he was, from from his he just wanted, life. Yeah. He wanted to fit in. Oh, that's yeah. a little bit sad. That's yeah, it's like super you know, sad. A poor guy wanted to just share his life with the world and have people like interested in it. But he decided to kind of put yeah he was woman because he knew he'd get more he attention wasn't that fishing way.
1: People yeah he was kind of catfishing people but he wasn't like maliciously catfishing so
0: it's not creepy but it is kind of it does kind of tell you about you know the way what people are interested in like people are just interested in young women and you know that leads to you know prey preying on young women and this is a whole other like kind of societal issue right yeah
1: Yeah. so anyway and, and yeah it's like poor guy poor guy need like felt like he had to pose as a female to get anyone um interested in like his life and what he was doing um it does make me yeah. Feel a <laughs> for yeah
0: yeah so anyway we've established he wasn't really quite a creep but so i was yeah we'll talk about yeah. my friend monica and how i met her and it wasn't really when creeps on the internet were a big thing so yeah, well, so what? What year did you say it was? Twenty fourteen.
1: I think it's the twenty fourteen. Yeah, so
0: that might have been like maybe seven years after we we talked online, and when we first uh, Whoa. first. Yeah, so it was not until seven years later. We knew that we lived in the same sort of area in Sydney. Um, we just never really thought about meeting up or anything because meeting up also wasn't wasn't really a thing these days. I think it's a bit more common. Like you have an internet friend and. You meet them and it's, it's yeah, it's not as, <laughs> is, as it, is it really? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you just haven't uh, had that experience. Because I've had it a few times yeah. where I've met people online and we have common interests. Guess Twitter. When in, yeah, when I'm in in the hood and or they're over here. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, I get off the train and uh, because I know what Monica looks like, I just, like, I re- recognize this girl on the, sitting on the bench uh, as I get off the train And looks like her and i just i just keep walking my ex and i just walk up the stairs and we're about to uh, leave the station and i send monica a text message and i said hey i just saw someone at this station i'm not disclosing the the name of the station by the way um i saw i saw someone (laughs) (laughs) somewhere because (laughs) the city is so big you can try and guess which station it was um yeah, I saw some at the station, just uh on the on the bench, and she looked a lot like you. And then she literally texts me back in like all uppercase. She goes, "Oh my god, where are you?" <laughs> and so I figured from that message that must have been her, right? So I turn around and I run back, and we just like run, we just recognize each other, I guess, immediately, and we just um hug and we're like, "Oh my god!" And she was telling me how she hadn't she wasn't really supposed to be at the station because she didn't go there often but she was like seeing a friend just like a one-off so yeah it was an exciting first moment meeting someone not planned kind of thing
1: yeah that's cute yeah you know every day i (laughs) every day i hope that i would accidentally bump into uh, Natalie Tran from Community Channel. Oh my god! Um, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, like eight years it hasn't happened. I feel like <laughs> so it's a lost cause now. Yeah, I do um, think
0: about that as well with other people in in Sydney, other YouTubers in Sydney. Like, yeah, I'm just like, where where yeah. are like they're all hiding? <laughs> where are they
1: at? <laughs> <Where> are <you? laughs>
0: and um, sometimes I talk to Nick about, oh, what would, what would you do if you see this person on the street? Um I think we've had this conversation as well. I think you said that you you're not really the kind of person to walk up and say hi or
1: yeah, I don't idolize anybody really um so time if I saw a celebrity or something like that, it's probably i wouldn't uh, do anything
0: that's. Yeah, I let them I mean, live I their life. like I've <laughs> never I don't really want to idolise, but um having been a concert photographer but also starting out as being a fan of some of these bands, like I didn't want to come across as weird, right? So I wanted to be able to have a conversation and say, Look, I I like your music, you know, but not go all fangirly about it, so to speak. Um so but yeah, it yeah. takes a bit of practice to maintain composure sometimes, I think.
1: <laughs> it's <laughs> Yeah, I guess what, like, your angle is to let them know that their art history is appreciated, right? Yeah. Um, oh, did yeah, I tell you about fair.
0: this person who actually, like, she read my blog and she saw me at the station and I had no idea who she was. But uh, my mum was dropping myself and Nick off at the station to go to work. And she goes, hey, are you Georgie? And I'm like, mm, yeah. <laughs> okay, she was, she was probably about my age, a bit younger, yeah and she's like oh yeah i read your blog and she was like really shy it was so nice though she was like i read your blog and i didn't even know who she was um but i realized she was also following me on twitter and i'd seen that she followed me but she didn't really like interact with me um but yeah it was just nice and kind of yeah. like my maybe one of my first like encounters with someone in just in public <laughs> who, who read my blog
1: yeah yeah i mean um, the closest thing I have to that is uh, people randomly knowing who I am, or bringing or bringing me up with friends. I think you actually told me a story about how you met somebody who knew who I was. Yeah. Um, yeah. They worked. You. They worked with your previous company. <laughs>
0: yeah. And I was like, "Oh, do you know Jeff?" Uh, and they were like, "Yeah." And you didn't. You didn't really know him. I think.
1: Yeah. Exactly. So a lot of people know who I am, um, but I. May or may not know who they are, <laughs> and I don't know if it's a good or bad thing that my reputation somehow precedes me. Oh, that's um, pretty funny. But I mean, I had that point in time where um, I think I called it Yes-vember, where before the whole November, I said yes to a lot of things. I went to hackathons like back to back weeks yeah. with Fung. Yeah, that was um, that was a time where I met a lot I of people, bit, yeah. and um, I guess I was impression I was impressionable. So uh yeah, a few of them a few of them float around and anytime someone mentions that, like, uh, do you know this guy who worked at Domain? <laughs> They're like, <laughs> Yes, Jeff. <laughs> oh god. Um Yeah. Uh I think I've I've met people from online before. Um so back in the day I ran a few uh anime related online communities. Um and some of them were from like san francisco so when i went over for work um i met up with them briefly so that that was kind of interesting i didn't think it was weird um but
0: you had a community but, established i guess
1: so like yeah it's we like been talking for like years. yeah
0: so that that's i can relate to that because that's You're kind right. of what blogging was like you had like us it wasn't just flat out strangers but you'd actually been yeah. interacting with these People for yeah, it quite it some is time.
1: it was kind of strange because the whole idea behind the community was anonymity. <laughs> <So we> like <laughs> okay, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it's like everybody was so um into into the anonymity thing, um in the chat room. So uh, somehow I think somebody suggested that we do secret Santa, and I have no idea why a bunch of teenagers were so open to giving every like a bunch of random people on the internet their Address, addresses and yeah. send gifts to each other um but yeah we we event- like i don't think it, it it lasted very long um i think maybe we were all anonymous for 6 months to a year and then it just kind of all all, all of it just came out of the bag cuz it's kind of like you know the conversation progresses and you just start talking about where you live. Yeah. You
0: build up that trust because you've started by, you know, identifying common interests. And then I think you just have trust in these people because you've already kind of made the connection.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is coming from a guy who freelanced for someone online and, and accepted a free trip to San Francisco <laughs> <laughs> and not fully expecting that there was a 30 to 40% chance of being abducted. Um.
0: <laughs> so, you know, in a, in a nutshell, stay safe, stay kids. Stay safe, kids.
1: <laughs> um. And
0: stay frosty. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, you can find us on... Uh, Twitter and Instagram at toast yeah, Roast and Pod. don't forget to
1: follow us on the big and... ones the apple podcasts the uh, what's the other one <laughs> spotify podcasts and the the and big apple the
0: big grapefruit <laughs> creep <laughs> and the, and the big apple uh, but yeah that's a wrap we will see you, see next, you next time bye bye